Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We are talking about uh, a couple of articles here that we've read uh, in the last week. And one of them talked a little bit about the concept of, you know, almost these higher education deserts that, that seem to be happening in rural areas. And, and you and I uh, are very passionate about rural communities and the, the opportunities afforded to students in rural areas. And what we're seeing more and more is universities, I mean, even larger mid-sized universities that, uh, and, and even in some cases, some larger uh, research type universities are, are dumping some of their majors and uh, making it a little harder for students in rural communities to maybe find the things that they're passionate about. And that can be a little bit concerning if you're a student in a rural community looking for opportunities. Yes. Um, so there are multiple things that are coming, you know, to head together. Um, for those in higher education that did not take a chance to read uh, Professor Nathan Graw's book in 2018 entitled uh, demographics and the demand for higher education. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher the title, but uh, he published it at Johns Hopkins Press, uh, University Press. And, and in it, he looked at the 2010 census data and projected into the future, 2029 to, for most, and in some cases, 2032, based on these information, it looked pretty grim for most areas across the nation, especially the rural and Midwestern states. And uh, one of the articles you're referring to is from the Heckinger Report. We seem to be very avid readers of the Heckinger Report uh, work, and, and we salute them, seem to indicate that we are seeing those issues. We are seeing declines which then turns uh, into decisions by the decision makers at the institution or the state level to reduce budgets, which means that we need to reduce the majors, which then makes it even harder on the potential students. And our solution has invariably been, uh, well, you go online, we're going to offer you this. And, and we all know that all the potential disparities in learning online. So not trying to be negative here, but trying to portray it from the perspective of it's not just two-year, it is four-year, and we're not just talking about regional four-year, we're talking about some research-intensive and land-grant four-year that are named, whether it's in the Penn State system, whether it's in the North Dakota State University system, uh, um, in Fargo, or we're talking about Kansas State or University of Kansas, that are massive universities that are named there with significant budget uh, woes. And I remember a couple of years ago here in Wisconsin, there were sit-ins by students and and uh, some major conflict with the between the faculty and the the administration uh, in at UW Stevens Point, University of Wisconsin Stevens Point with regard to restructuring majors and, and because of the budget and enrollment. 
Well, in some cases, we've even seen universities that have closed their doors. Uh, in, in some cases, you know, after being in, in operation for well over a century, uh, all of a sudden, you know, their funds have dried up and, and all that. Uh, there is one in Iowa recently that, that shut its doors. And, um, you know, that's, that's obviously very concerning to students that are at those universities because yeah. now they have to change their path uh, in some way, shape or form. And, you know, with the university in Iowa that, that shut down, they were given other options where they could finish their degrees. Uh, but obviously for, for students, they've usually chosen a university for a reason. Uh, so that makes it tricky. The other thing that, that we're seeing is, and we're going to talk about this more in our next show, uh, you know, these declines in transfer too. So, uh, you know, again, as, as we talk about, this is not just a community college problem, uh, but we're seeing this at, at universities uh, at, at the four-year level. So, uh, you know, these students that they were expecting to get, they're not always getting. Uh, and, you know, certainly if, if you're a student looking to go to a university or transfer to a university and uh, they're talking about changing the major that you're interested in, uh, you're definitely going to reconsider uh, in, in a case like that. But going back to the idea of, of these being in rural areas, obviously you can go to a large city and you're going to have a number of choices that are going to be, you know, relatively easy to get to. You have public transportation generally. Uh, it may not be the best in all cities, but, you know, generally you're going to have some kind of public transportation. But you get into a rural area, and, and for example, uh, where I live, uh, for me to get to a four-year university, I have to drive an hour. For me to get to the next four-year university, I have to drive almost an hour and a half. And that doesn't always give somebody a lot of options. They may have considerations at home where they can't make that kind of commute on a daily basis or, uh, you know, the idea of being residential that far away doesn't work. And it limits your choices. Certainly there are students that can and do go all over the country to receive their education, uh, but not everybody has those kinds of options. And, and suddenly if you're looking and you see one of those universities scaling back on what you're interested in, it, it makes it difficult to find the education that you want or need. And in some cases that may be a complete deterrent to get a four-year degree. Yes, uh, so eloquently said uh, on top of it, uh, Chris, as usual. Um, I do say that, and uh, I do see in my mind, it's like a um, self-fulfilling prophecy type deal. We want industry and businesses to remain vibrant in rural America. And we've seen a decline over the decades in rural America in terms of the population. And so how do you get the, if an effective workforce is through higher education, but higher education doesn't see very many people. 
So we're it, it's a downward uh, kind of whirlpool uh, that is sucking everything. At the same time, if we look at the uh, census data for the U.S., we have percentage-wise uh, a significant proportion of individuals over 50 now. About a third of the American population, if I'm not mistaken, um, is over 50. And we all know that over 50, you're very unlikely to be pursuing education for uh, the reasons that you would earlier in your life as in. And it's a generalization. doesn't mean that there aren't particular situations where what I'm saying is wrong. But typically, you don't do it for uh, professional uh, growth and development. You don't do it in order to enter uh, an industry. You're doing it perhaps for fun, for leisure, for personal growth, and, and what have you. Again, generalization. We also know, and we've talked a lot about the enrollment cliff that is due to the fewer babies that have been conceived since 2007, which means the age bracket, and again, we talked about that, the age bracket that we need to focus on is between the ages of 20 and 49, that's the employed age. That is the age that's most uh, de depleted in rural America over the last couple of decades. Uh, plus, we have few daycare options nationally, even more so, you want to talk about the desert in rural areas, which means more of the, unfortunately, more of the women are being kept out of the workforce and higher education. And on top of it, of the 1.125 million people who died from COVID-19, according to the CDC, 85,000 were in the age bracket of the 18 to 50. It sounds like nothing, but 85,000 people within the age bracket of employment and higher education are unfortunately no longer with us. I'm not talking about the elderly. I'm not talking about the babies and the younger ages. I'm talking about 85,000 in a period of two to three years that unfortunately are no longer with us, removed from any of our equations. And interestingly enough, they are predominantly males. So when we say more women are staying at home because they're forced because of no daycare, more men are dying. Than, than women, both in urban and rural areas. It, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the math that something has to change. Now, I'm not trying to be a naysayer here, very negative, but the reality is, is really for us to stop our train that's careening down the, the hill and try to figure out what we're going to be doing. And that's exactly what we're going to do over our next couple of shows is talk about some of the solutions that that we see. So we've been talking about the importance of higher education in rural areas, some of the uh, alarming trends that we have seen. If you enjoy uh, topics like this, be sure and subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here 
I'm Let's Talk AI.